We've entitled the sermon this morning, Just Like Your Father. Uh, some of you shiver when you hear that, but uh, it's a good thing. Now, the big idea for our sermon this morning, so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. All right, let's all say this one together. Everybody look up there. I will try to read without stumbling, but y'all keep on reading no matter how bad I mess this up. You ready? You're smiling. You must be ready. So that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, and would you bless it and make it part of who we are. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You're just like your father. We've heard that. You know, little ones taken, they, they look up to their parents. Now, I don't know if everybody remembers this. I think I probably mentioned it in, in passing at least. But uh, I'm adopted. And uh, so my father is not my natural father. He has been my dad for as long as I can, as long as I can remember. And as far as I'm concerned, he is my father. Though not blood. Now, one thing that uh, my, my wife noticed uh, some time back, you know, we, we had this, you know, oh my goodness, it has been so long, but we had this kind of family portrait done. And uh, she looked at she looked at she said, you know, you and your dad, just y'all, your, your head's turn in opposite directions. She goes, you know, you're, you know, your head leans a little bit to the left. His head leans a little bit to the right. And, you know, we were standing on either side of the picture there and it kind of framed the picture. And she says, what? I don't know. If she I don't know. If she knew my father was was that I'd been adopted at that time. So, yeah, it's just, you look, you know, you got that from your dad. It's like, well, no, I didn't. I, uh, I'm adopted. So I can imagine as a little boy looking at my father who tends to uh, tilt his head, tilt his head a little bit to the right. As a little one looking up, it's like, you know what? I think I need to tilt my head a little bit to the left. <laughs> and even though we are not blood relation, I imitated what my father was doing. You know, that's a good thing. And also, in the natural dads, you got to realize those little ones are watching you. And they will take and they will imitate the things that you do. Mom's the same thing. And so whenever you hear that phrase, you're just like your father, you're just like your mother, we want that to be a positive thing. Whether in the natural, but definitely in the spiritual. We want to be just like our father. Now, you know, we take a we take a look at, at you know, at, at the scripture and, you know, we're told to be Christ like. Man, that's a that's a hard thing sometimes, isn't it? Oh, the whole, what, you know, what would Jesus do? Man, we're like, oh, it's hard because what? Jesus was perfect. You know, I, I feel a little bit more comfortable whenever I read what the Apostle Paul said. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. But then I look at all the stuff that the Apostle Paul had to go through. He was beaten and shipwrecked and thrown into the water and scourged and all types of all types of crazy things. But you know what? I think I like Father Abraham. 
You see, there's somebody we could also imitate. Might even be a little bit easier because as we've gone along here, we've seen where, where Father Abraham has, has, has basically done some, some boneheaded things. So it's, remember, it's not our, it's not necessarily our failures that define us, but it is the finished product of our faith. And so we need to learn to imitate those people of great faith. Now, let's go into a, a portion of scripture here that, that, uh, most of us are very familiar with. And this, uh, this is, uh, Genesis chapter 18. I'm going to read, uh, verses one through five. And it says, and the Lord appeared to him, Abram, by the oaks of Mamre, as he sat at the door of his tent in the heat of the day. He lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, three men were standing in front of him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the earth and said, "O Lord, if I have found favor in your sight, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be bought and wash your feet and rest yourself under the tree while I bring you a morsel of bread. That you may that you may be uh, ref, that you may refresh yourself, and after that you may uh, you may pass on, since you have come to your servant. So they said to him, "Do as you have said." Now we're not exactly sure at this moment if Abram uh, Abraham realizes this is God Almighty who's come down. Matter of fact, this is this is God who has come down. Perhaps it's Jesus Christ. We don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. Along with uh, two angels. And what's happened? Abraham is sitting in his tent, the heat of the day. Well, we know what heat of the day is here in New Mexico, don't we? Imagine that. That was probably you know, it, you know, the, the worst, hottest day type thing. That's, that's probably pretty, that's pretty normal in, in, that, in that part of the world. He looks up and he sees men coming. And you know what? One of the things that he does, and it's one of the things that's an easy thing, he showed hospitality. Matter of fact, it was in his heart. And in his mind, before ever he made the ever he made the connection that this was God who had come down. Matter of fact, you know, if I looked at it, it was kind of the simple thing that that we could uh, that we could uh, imitate to be like Father Abraham, as we need to learn hospitality. Matter of fact, the writer of Hebrews has told us, "Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware." Now, there are commentators who think that this actually is referring back uh, to this incident that we find in Genesis. Maybe, maybe not. It's okay. But look what happened. Because it was in his heart, and he saw an opportunity. Matter of fact, Jewish tradition says that, that Abraham would pitch his tent at crossroads so that he could show hospitality to more travelers than if he was just on a straight or single road there. Now, once again, whether that's true or not, I don't know, but it is Jewish tradition. My favorite part about showing hospitality, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. And you know what? That's, you know, that's what we need to learn to do more and more. You want to be like Father Abraham. You want to be like a champion of the faith. How about this? Here's a pretty low bar. Invite somebody to dinner. Doesn't seem like it takes much faith, does it? But you know what? We don't, sometimes when we talk about imitating people of great faith, we look at the huge, big things that they've done. Peter walked on the water. Oh my goodness, I could never do that. Well, you know what? There's a whole lot of other little things that Peter did before he got to that point where he stepped out of the boat. Maybe if we take baby steps, 
with the idea that God will take and build our faith, we'll become more like Father Abraham. So what happens? Well, he goes out, he, he, he has a, quite a spread prepared. Cornbread and beans and, and, uh, ribs and, no wait, that's, that's what I want. Uh, what did he have here? Oh, well the first thing he did, he said, he said, alright, y'all sit in the, y'all sit in the shade. He had some water bought. He told them, hey, freshen up, you know, clean yourselves off there. He ran out and he got, and he, he, he found a calf. And he told his servant, he said, hey, slaughter this, prepare it. It's not like us when somebody shows up at the house, you know what we do. We go look in the freezer there. We see what we can throw in the microwave. This was a process. He goes to Sarah and he says, hey, make a lot of bread. Make a ton of bread. Matter of fact, if we look at it, we look at the, at the, the ingredient list there. When he talks about, he talks about the flour, it was something like seven quarts of flour. Now, I'm no baker. But I have made rolls before, and I know seven. I, you know, I have maybe used a quart of flour. So let's look at that man. That would be enough to probably to feed most of us. Oh, he 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 instructs all the servants. He says, "Bring the milk, bring yogurt." And you know what happens? They bring it in there, and Abraham. What does he do? He steps over to the side. And he allows his guests to eat. Doesn't sit down with them. Now, this is this is a traditional thing that they would do in the Middle East. Many times, you know, the better ones will do things very similar to that. And it's saying, you know what? There is no pressure. Eat your fill. Drink as much as you want. Fill your pockets with bread. I am your host and I want to be generous to you. God's folks should be generous people, right? We have something to follow here. So Abraham fulfills his uh, obligation to be a man of hospitality. So they have a little bit of after dinner conversation. The Lord says, where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, she is in the tent. And the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Hmm. Now, there's a little line after that. And Sarah was listening at the tent door behind them. She's eavesdropping. She's sitting in there. She's listening. Now, if you remember last week, God came to Abraham or Abram and he said, Sarah, your wife shall bear you a son and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him and everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. Y'all remember what Abraham did after that? He laughed. Matter of fact, he didn't chuckle. He said he fell on his face and he laughed. We need to do just a little bit better than, than Father Abraham on that one, by the way. But what we see, uh, what we see here, you know, the, what happens? The Lord makes this uh, made this announcement. Abraham falls down to his face. He says, "Hey, I'm a hundred years old, and Sarah's not far behind me." Here's what happens. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in years. The way of woman had ceased to be with Sarah. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, after I'm worn out and my Lord is old, shall I have pleasure? Shall I have a child? Well, at least she had the good sense not to laugh out loud, didn't she? 
Did a little better. I did a little bit better than, than her husband. But you know what? It's one of the things there. Well, she got busted. And the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, shall I indeed bear a child now that I'm old? Now, remember, she is outside. She's not part of this conversation. It's the, it's the, it's the culture that she's in. She's actually out once again. She's got her ear up against the, you know, ear up against the tent, listening. She chuckles a little bit to herself. You know, as we even look at this, it wasn't even audible. She's just, she, she had, she had enough sense to hold it in. But Sarah denied and said, I did not laugh. Can you imagine? Now, now get an idea about this. The Bible doesn't say that she came into the tent and said this. Think about that. There's the Lord. He says, Sarah's going to have a child. Sarah laughs to herself. And the Lord says to Abraham, why is your, why is your wife laughing? And then from outside the tent, I didn't laugh. But you did eavesdrop. She was a little bit afraid. What does God say? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Man, that's something that you guys need to get a hold of. Whether it's we need to have that faith in God. Because both Abraham and Sarah go from a point of unbelief to belief because they came to accept this as fact. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Think about the problem that's right in the front of your brain right now. What is something right now that, that, is, that is bugging you? You got a problem. If you don't have a problem, man, I want to talk to you and find out what you're doing. What's the solution to that problem? God is the solution to that problem. You need to learn to be like Abraham, like your father, Father Abraham, and believe the phrase that came from the lips of God himself. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Wrap your head around that, saints. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Nothing at all. A good definition of faith is that we believe that God is who he says he is and that he will do what he says he will do. And if you will learn to trust God, to have faith in God, then it's going to have an impact in the heavenlies and also in the physical. Now, faith is contagious. By faith, Sarah, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Now, in this portion of the story that we have read, we have not seen Sarah, Sarah going, yes, Lord, I believe. Yes, Lord. No, what she do? She laughed. And they said, oh, no, I didn't do that. But I did. He's dropped. You see, your faith is not measured by where you're at at your lowest point. Because Christians, we are all going to have low points of faith, aren't we? But God will show up when you least expect him. You need to have even weak faith in a strong God. You know what? God will meet you where you're at according to your faith. Remember the father who had the demon-possessed boy and 
He told Jesus, he says, hey, if, if you can do anything, will you heal my boy? That doesn't sound like great faith, does it? Jesus didn't say, oh, can't believe you got such weak faith. But, you know, Jesus met the father of this young boy where he was at. Jesus wants to meet you where you're at in your faith, even if it's weak faith. And, you know, a part of that might be that you have to come. You have to make that declaration that, Lord, my faith is weak, but I know that you are strong. You may be at that Sarah moment right now where you don't see where God can do anything about your problem. But notice, Sarah herself received power to conceive. So she considered him faithful who had promised. God is faithful. God wants to boost your faith. He wants your faith to be a, to be contagious to every everyone and everybody. And remember, your faith isn't your faith story isn't written from where it begins, but where it but where you finish. So let's take a look at the rest of the story. Verse 16. When the men had set out from there, they looked down towards Sodom and Abraham went with them to set uh, to set them on their way. The Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham that which I'm about to do? See that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. The encounter with God is not over. Sometimes we think because we receive that, you know, we, we receive that promise from the Lord, and we're mulling it over, and it's like kind of like well, we kind of think of you know, our encounters with God as kind of being episodic, where you know it happens today, and then it might happen next week, it might happen next month, it might happen next year. But you know what? God is not finished with his encounter with Abraham. God is not finished with his encounter with you. God wants to continue on. Now, here's a portion of Scripture that's not emphasized too often. Here's what God said. For I have chosen him that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and and justice and that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised him. There are a couple of conditional things in here, isn't there? For I've chosen him, that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the ways of the Lord. Hmm. Abraham's responsibility, teach the ways of the Lord to his household, to his children. To his children after them. What does the Lord do? He administers the blessing. Abraham continues in his faith. You see, some of us have started a process with the Lord. And we haven't continued. Notice, Abraham has an ongoing responsibility here. To teach the ways of the Lord. To do justice to have mercy, to be righteous in a crooked generation. And because of this, God is able to administer the blessing to the whole world. You see, you have a responsibility with what God has given you 
Sometimes, sometimes we may wonder, we've received a word from the Lord and we feel like, you know, God, I've been waiting, I've been waiting, I've been waiting. And you know what? Maybe the time for waiting is over. The time for doing is now. God chose Abraham for a reason. Because he knew that he would be faithful. So what happens? Well, the Lord said, because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great and their sin is very grave, I will go down and see whether these things that they've done altogether according to the outcry, which has come to me, and I shall know. Abraham drew near and said, will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? God sends his angels off to go down into into Sodom and Gomorrah. And we'll find out a little bit more about that next week. God is having a conversation with himself and with Abraham here. Do I do I show Abraham what is going on? Of course, we know the answer to that is yes. So what does Abraham do to the, the God of the whole universe? He says, will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are 50 righteous within the city. Will you then sweep away the place and not spare it for the 50 righteous who are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to put the righteous to death with the wicked, so that the righteous share, uh, so that the righteous share as the wicked. Far be it from you, shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just. Man, that's kind of that's kind of bold, isn't it? Will not the God, will not the judge of the whole earth do that which is just? We can always count on God to do that which is right. And you know, if we don't have complete understanding of what his will is or what his way is, guess what? We're allowed to ask questions. Sometimes we think, you know, if, if, if I'm if I'm just not fully on board, if I don't understand that somehow God is that God is going to is going to you know look down on me or or not bless me. But you know what? This is the father of faith who we're told to imitate. Questioning God Almighty. You know what? We have faith in Jesus Christ. Because of what he's done for us in Hebrews four sixteen. He says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. That we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. There is no need to be afraid to come before God with your doubts, even with your arguments, with your complaints. Let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace in time of need. Wow, there's some things that we need. Maybe you feel like, hey, I I could never come to God with this problem. You're allowed to. Matter of fact, as your pastor, I give you permission. Not that you need my permission anyway, but I encourage you that your doubts, your fears, your problems, everything that you have, go to God with it. With the idea of, Lord, I don't understand. I don't know what is going on. Can you help me out? You'll receive grace in your time of need. 
Each one of us has a need at certain times. And you know what? We need to go before the Lord to to have him give revelation to us about what it is he would have us to do or how he wants things to go. Paul tells the Ephesians, this was according to the eternal purpose that he has had he has realized in Christ Jesus, our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. Notice this. Because of our faith in Jesus Christ. We get to go to God. And you know what? He even makes intercession for us. Because you have faith in Jesus Christ, you don't have to, you don't have to understand everything. Matter of fact, you take your doubts to the Lord. He already knows them. Take your fears to the Lord. He already knows them. And you have the, you should have the confidence because the faith you have in Jesus Christ that the Lord will receive you. He's not going to say, go away. I'm so busy running the universe. I can't mess with you. Not going to say that. We have the confidence that we can have access to the throne. You know, you don't have to stand far off and turn your back and avert your eyes. But you can call out to the Lord for what you need. You can be like Abraham, the father of faith. You can have a conversation with the Lord. But let me tell you. Always be willing to listen what God, the answer that God gives you. All right, so what does he do? He makes, he begins to try to bargain with God, not for himself, but for those, for the wicked towns. Got up there, kind of like, this is kind of like reverse eBay. How many of y'all have ever bid online, huh? Oh, good, I see that all, all of y'all, are, most of y'all are just as weak as I am, Okay. What do you do? You start, you start hitting that button, bid more, bid more, bid more, and it keeps on going up and going up. I remember one time my daughter, who was about 11, I had to go, and this was before I, I knew about automatic bid, and there was a uh, Vera Bradley purse that she wanted. And I told her, you can spend $15, $20, I forgot what it was. I already had all my information in there, credit cards and everything there. Y'all know how this ended, don't you? <laughs> we bought the most expensive Vera Bradley purse in existence, probably. <laughs> so here's Abraham doing a, doing a reverse e- eBay with the Lord. He said, Lord says to him, if I find at Sodom 50 righteous in the city, I will spare the whole place for your sake. 50 righteous men. So it's like, hey, this is good. All right, you send the angels down here. And so, you know, it's one of the things we should kind of feel that, you know, Abraham should feel good there. But you know what? He knows about Sodom. So what does he say? He says, behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord. I am but dust and ashes. Suppose five of the 50 righteous are lacking. Will you destroy the city for lack of five? God says, I will not destroy it if I can find 45 righteous men. So what happened? He says, well, you know, God, I, I've been thinking and, and all these things. Hey, can, can, you know, what if five more, five are missing? How about 40? 
Oh, if it's an auction, this is going in the wrong way, isn't it? And God says, you know what? If I can find 40 righteous men, I will spare the city. Now notice, he has questioned God three times. He's not finished. Oh, Lord, what if I can only find 30 righteous men? The Lord says, I, I will spare the cities. We can find 30. All right, God. Thank you. But wait, I have another idea. What if I can find 20 righteous men? You know, I mean, hey, I realized I started at 50 and that was a bit high. And you know what, Lord, I'm, I'm really thinking that, you know, 20, 20 righteous men, that, that would be that would be really good. God says, yes, if I can find 20 righteous men. So then Abraham, he finally he is giving his last bid. He says, oh, let not the Lord be angry. And I will speak again, but this once. Suppose there are ten found there. And he answers, for the sake of ten, I will not destroy it. And the Lord went his way when he had finished speaking to Abraham. And Abraham returned to his place. Wow. At no point did God get aggravated with Abraham, did he? How dare you? You know, sometimes we think that we will offend God when we come to him with our harebrained ideas. Or we come to him with our doubt. Or we come to him with maybe a bad attitude. God wants you to come to him with all your problems. God wants you to intercede for others just like Abraham did. And he wants you to be persistent. Now notice this. You want to be just like your dad. Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? You are a son of Abraham. And you know what? What good is it to have a, to have a faithful father if you're not going to imitate what he does? This is one of the things, you know, we look at, we look at there. We're told we're sons of Abraham. You are a son or a daughter of Abraham because of your faith in Jesus Christ. That means that you are an heir of faith. That means that you get to walk in the great faith that Abraham had. It means you get to imitate. Learn to imitate your spiritual father. Wow. You know, the bar comes down a whole lot. You know, hey, be, you know, be like your heavenly father. Be ye perfect as I am perfect. Ooh, that's a hard one. You know, follow Jesus. Jesus says, follow me. Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. He tells us, hey, you're sons of Abraham. I want you to be children of faith. Faith means that you believe that God is who he says he is and that he will do what he has said he'll do. And your walk will be that of a faith-filled person. Our takeaway on this, be children full of faith. Just because you've had low faith moments doesn't disqualify you as a child of faith. Faith grows when you exercise it. Number two, imitate Abraham. Man, we've looked and seen all the things that he've done. 
We've seen where he's had ups and downs. And yet, because we are children of faith, we get to, we can, we can kind of stand on the shoulders of Abraham and say, you know what? If Abraham could believe God without the Bible, without the New Testament, without the Holy Spirit, then you know what? I can imitate Abraham because I have the instruction manual, the Bible. I have the Holy Spirit living within me. And I've got the shoulder of giants to stand on. Imitate fathers of faith. And number three, use your faith for others. God made the promise to Abraham, hey, this is what I'm going to do. And you know, we have to learn that we need to have faith for others. We need to have faith for Albuquerque. We need to have faith for Washington, D.C. Let's bring it a little closer. You know, we need to have faith for Socorro. We need to have that great faith in Jesus Christ to approach the throne of grace with boldness for those people who are outside of this building right here. You know, so, you know, many times, you know, we, we look at we look at places and we say, oh, you know, if God doesn't, you know, if God doesn't ju- doesn't judge uh, America harshly, then He's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. Y'all heard that, haven't you? But have you interceded for Sodom and Gomorrah like Father Abraham? Father Abraham could have said, oh, yeah, I know they're, oh, they're wicked people. Oh, yeah, God, nuke them. They deserve it. Boy, we, you know, we look at places and many times we, you know, we become like the disciples who said, Lord, shall we call down fire and brimstone on them because they didn't listen? Oh, we're, we're real quick to do that. But Abraham is knowing that God is going to destroy two wicked cities. Incredibly wicked. What does he do? He takes his courage and his faith. And he uses his faith for others. Who are not part of his tribe. Not part of his people. Not part of the promise of God. That, my friends, is what we need to do. We need to use our faith to intercede for those who are not part of our people, our church, or even sons of God. If we will begin to exercise that faith and be and be just like our father. You know what? God is going to grow us spiritually, numerically. He's going to pour, use us as a point of blessing for this entire area. Let's learn to be just like our father. Let's pray. Father, oh, we want to be like you. Lord, give us the faith of Abraham. Lord, help us to intercede for others. Lord, use us as tools in your hand. Now, Lord, thank you for my brothers and sisters that you have brought together here. Oh, Lord, my family, bless them and keep them. Now, Lord, for the food that we're about to receive... We are so grateful. Would you bless it, Lord, and help us continue in a spirit of gratitude. My family, I bless you now. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. I'll see you in the fellowship hall. And uh, we're going to have a good afternoon. You are dismissed.